0: We see hints of it. We see foretastes of it in the Old Testament as well, in the story of, uh, of exodus, uh, from slavery to freedom, right? in the story of the exile, the Babylonian exile, from, from being an exile to coming home again. Oh. This kind of theme of death to resurrection is the way that God acts in the world, uh, the way that God redeems this fallen world.
1: Welcome to the Enter the Bible podcast, where you can get answers or at least reflections on everything you wanted to know about the Bible but were afraid to ask. I'm Katie Langston.
0: And I'm Catherine Schifferdecker. And the question that we're addressing today is what is the story of the Bible? So. This is a big question. That is a big question
1: because I I thought we just went through all these episodes telling everyone that there's not just like one big story, but there's a bunch of <laughs> books in this library. So
0: there is there yeah. yes, it, lots of books in the library. It's a conversation. There's there's disagreement. There's argument. There's also common themes, but and I will say that not all uh, scholars would say that there is a story right mm. an overarching story some would take um, take exception to that uh, the kind of postmodern folks <laughs> right but i I would argue, and certainly the church has understood over this millennia that there is an overarching story of uh, creation of uh, fall mm-hmm. sin mm-hmm. Uh, of election mm. uh, and of redemption um and and there, and, that, and that that is not, that, that that story is part of individual books. And that that story is part of uh, is included in individual books, say hmm. the the Gospel of Mark or Matthew, Luke, and John, uh, but that it is also part of the whole book, uh, the whole library, right, From Genesis to Revelation. Hmm. That there is this overarching story again of creation, sin or fall, uh, election and redemption. Okay. Um, so, so where do we see that? Well, obviously creation we see that in Genesis. Uh, we see that also in the Gospel of John. Here's another part, uh, another place where that conversation continues. Right. So Genesis says. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Or perhaps, in the beginning, when God created the heavens and the earth, the earth was f- void uh, and and the Spirit of God hovered over the waters. Cool. Whereas the Gospel of John, echoing that first um, verse of the Bible, says, in the beginning was the Word, the logos in Greek, and the Word was with God and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through him, and without him not one thing came into being. So there's there's these echoes hmm. right uh, within the Old Testament itself between Old Testament and New Testament uh these these overarching themes of creation of of sin uh of God choosing of election uh, and of redemption
1: I wonder if we could take maybe just each of those a little bit and dig sure. into them um and, and and sort of see how they fit together I mean we talk about creation um what what's significant in your mind about the fact that god created or that the that the, that the bible you know makes that claim that god is the creator of the earth and the cosmos and the animals and the plants
0: and the people well uh, it's it's hugely significant because um because the creation accounts uh and and not just the creation accounts in Genesis, but other texts that deal with creation um, talk about creation as good hmm. right uh, over and over again in Genesis one, God saw that it was good yeah right uh and uh and there's there's uh, when I teach uh Old Testament introduction uh, I often ask my students to consider the question, does matter matter hmm. and by matter i mean uh, um physical things, bodies and soil and air and water, does matter matter? Does matter matter to God? And therefore, does it matter to us? And the the overwhelming biblical response is, yes, of course, matter matters to God. Uh, We see this in all the kind of classic Christian and Jewish doctrines. Um, We see it in creation, that God creates the world God creates physical matter and calls it good, and God cares about it so much that God uh, gives human beings uh, responsibility to tend uh, and to keep and to guard uh, the earth. Right, mm-hmm. um, and we see it in um, uh, in the the doctrine of uh, the Christian doctrine of the incarnation. Yeah. Right, that God cares about matter so much that God becomes flesh yeah right, to, to live with us. And we see it in the doctrine of the resurrection, that God uh, that, that, that bodies matter right right that death is real uh, and that death is defeated in the resurrection. and it's not some kind of uh, concept of the soul living on, you know released from the prison of the body. right No, Christians talk about uh, Orthodox Christianity believes in the resurrection of the body. We say that in the Apostles Creed. Right, so so bodies matter, um, and and because God, uh, because God is the creator of bodies and of soil and of land and of animals, and because of that, it, uh, it matters to God. God cares for it and calls us to care for it as well.
1: That feels really significant in a world in which, and you know, I say this as. Uh, as a digital strategist by trade, <laughs> but a world that increasingly takes place, let's say, online. Yeah, uh, that you know, it it feels like it's really important to remember that that the earth and and, the, and our bodies and creation itself um, are really important, and we can't just sort of disconnect ourselves from our bodies, which I think. Right. It, or from the creation or from the planet, right? Like you kind of see that, yeah, you know, right, right. a lot. And, you know, um, and even in some expressions of of faith that seem to imagine that in the future heaven, everything will be taken care of, so it doesn't matter so much what happens here and now. Right, right. And instead, this, this, this idea of, creation and God calling it good and God joining it and God blessing it and God asking us to take care of it and all of these things, you know, remind us that what's here right now, what's present, what's happening, what's real, what's tangible yeah. is something that God wants us to pay attention to.
0: Yeah. I'll say just one more thing about that, that, that and you've said it well, that there was an early Christian heresy that I think is still alive and well yeah. today called Gnosticism, uh-huh that's that separated or tried to separate the the, the physical from the spiritual. Yeah. And and there was a definite hierarchy there, right? Gnostics said, no, the spiritual is what's important, not the physical. And they even went so far, some of them at least went so far as to say uh, the God of the Old Testament, who who was who is the creator, was the creator, was a was a evil God, right? That, that this is a fallen this is not just a fallen creation but it wasn't good from the beginning hmm. right uh that's uh, this is why it's a heresy right, right. <laughs> so that, so that the the creator God is a is a demagogue uh, and is and is evil huh. and so we should do our best to to just reject all that is physical and only hold to the spiritual so wow. this this is a heresy of the early church I think in some sectors, in a different guise, it's still alive and well today.
1: Yeah, I think I think that's kind of everywhere. Yeah, in a lot of ways, the sort of disconnection yeah. from from our bodies and from reality itself. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, they weren't wrong to say that it was fallen. I mean, right. you
0: look around; and things aren't always yeah.
1: necessarily going so great.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. So to go to that that second yeah. uh, theme that that permeate scripture or the bible that's part of this overarching narrative the the fall right so christians have made a lot of uh, have talked a lot written a lot about that story in genesis 3 uh, about the the eating from the and it wasn't an apple it just says the fruit right? oh it
1: wasn't an apple no no fake news yeah
0: Right, so Eve eating whatever it was, the fruit, and then Adam eating it, and then them being cast out of the garden, and some Christians take that very literally. Yeah, I I don't happen to be one of those, but I think it speaks truth in a way that is is just true to our experience. Right, that we Paul speaks in uh, in the New Testament about wanting to do what is right, knowing what is right and wanting to do it, but not being able to. Yes. Right. That I, who, who will save me from this body of sin? I do what I know I shouldn't do right. and I don't do what I know I, I should know do. I know
1: that I should eat my Brussels sprouts, but instead I eat the Twinkies Twinkies, and yeah. the hot fudge sundaes that make me literally sick. Yes. yes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so there's, there's, I think the fall, hmm. Just describes our common human predicament, yeah right that that we do what we know we shouldn't do mm-hmm. and we don't do what we know we should do, yeah and there's there's something fallen about that, and I think even more fundamentally than that 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 we are the center of our own universe, huh. right uh, and I think that's that's to go back to the digital world, right yeah, I think that's often exacerbated. Yeah. Uh, by social media, right? Uh, uh, selfies, and I, I, I know uh, I had a colleague once who had a daughter, like four, I think thirteen-year-old daughter, who had a, I believe it was an Instagram account and had like four thousand followers. Wow! And she took the, her mother said she took several selfies a day to post them. Uh, right? This is narcissism. Yeah. Right. right? First of all, I wouldn't let my daughter uh, have that many. Fraud. Anyway, I wouldn't let her have such an account. But we won't get into that. The point being, it's very easy to be very self-focused. Yeah, and I think that's a natural human human tendency. I think that's another um, aspect of the fall, or or a way in which the story of the fall describes human propensities towards sin, towards self-centeredness. So Martin Luther talked about sin as being curled in on yourself. Yeah. And I think that's that's really just a description of reality. Mm.
1: So it's kind of like we've got this tension where God created the earth and called it good and God made creation and made us and made life and called it good. But then at the same time, we have to acknowledge that a lot of things are super messed up. Yeah that we're messed up that even you know natural disasters happen senseless tragedies these sorts of things happen and there's pain and there's destruction and there's death yeah. even though god made a good creation yeah. and so then the question is like well what do you you know
0: what happened why right.
1: and and what what does god do about that well <laughs> funny you should ask funny you should ask.
0: <laughs> Well then there's this concept of election yeah Right? or chosenness. Yeah. And we see it first in Scripture really explicitly in Genesis 12, uh-huh. where Abraham, uh, or Abraham, he's called Abram then, his name gets changed later. Uh, Abram and Sarah are called uh, in Genesis 12 to go to a new land, uh, and to, uh, to a land that God will show them. And God, uh, God says three things, uh, or promises three things. One is, I'll give you this land, uh, the second is I'll make you the, the father to Abraham of a great nation, right? You'll have mm-hmm. many descendants. And the third promise is uh, I will bless you in order that you might be a blessing, right? So out of all the people on earth, God chooses Abraham mm-hmm. and Sarah uh, to for this special blessing. So this is what we call election. Mm-hmm. And then later on, that election is passed down to Isaac and then to Jacob uh, and then to all of Jacob's sons, the 12 who are the ancestors of the 12 tribes of Israel. So, uh, it's a difficult concept, and it's one that strikes, I think, especially Americans or Westerners as um unfair. Like, why yeah. in the world would God choose? Does God play favorites? Yeah, does God like them better than us? Yeah, what is this about? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, I would, I would say a few things, and, and you add to it as well. I would say, first of all, it's not necessarily a good thing to be chosen, or at least it's, uh, I shouldn't say that, it's not an easy thing to be sure. chosen. None of these people, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Sarah, Rebecca, Rachel, Leah, none of them, none of them had an easy life. They had very difficult lives, right? Abraham is a wandering nomad. He He doesn't inherit any land or claim any land except the burial plot that he buys for Sarah when she dies, mm. his wife, right? Uh, Jacob is in exile for 20-some years from his uh, brother who wants to kill him, Esau, mm. um, through his own fault. Right, because right. he's
1: not exactly a charmer. No, <laughs> no.
0: That's a topic for another podcast probably. But uh, Joseph, again, sold into slavery by his brothers because yeah. he's the chosen one of his yeah. father, right? right? yeah. Israel itself, the nation, uh, in slavery uh, in Egypt for 400 some years. Yep. Uh, and um, and then perpetually conquered. Perpetually, by other yep. Empires. Yep. So this is not, it's not an easy thing uh, to be the elect. Uh, though it is a desirable thing because you're in a special relationship with the God, the creator God, with the with with the God who created the whole cosmos, so uh, in that way, of course, it's desirable, but it's not easy, yeah, and the other thing i would I would just emphasize really strongly is that that third part of that that promise to Abraham that Abraham and Sarah and the 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 nation descended from them is blessed not for their own sake and certainly not for anything that they did mm-hmm. in deuteronomy seven. God says something like, it's not because you were a big nation that I chose you. It's not because you were, you know, anything special, basically. But it's because I loved you hmm. that, that I chose you. Um, but they're not chosen for their own sake. They're not chosen because they deserved it. They're chosen in order to be a blessing. Hmm. They're blessed in order to be a blessing to the whole world. Uh, and this is true later in Exodus as well, when the when the people uh, of Israel come out from slavery and they're at Mount Sinai and God says, out of all the nations of the earth, I choose you to be a priestly kingdom and a holy nation. Well, what's a priest do? A priest is a mediator between God and humanity. So if Israel is a priestly nation, then surely they're to act in some way as a priest, as a, as a, as a prism through which the whole world gets to know God or comes to know God. Isaiah picks that up too, right? He, yeah. he says a, cou- a couple of times in the prophet Isaiah, all the nations will stream to Mount Zion, which is where Jerusalem is, where, where the temple is. All nations will come uh, to know God to, to, because they will come to know God and to worship God there. So blessed to be a blessing.
1: Yeah, and, and within the election then of Israel are these promises of blessing not just for the nation of Israel and the Jews, but right. for the entire world. That, 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 that there will come a time, you know, the promises, especially a bit later in the Old Testament, where it's promised that God will pour out God's spirit upon all people. All people, people. yep. Mm-hmm. Um, and it'll happen, and it will come through. It will come through the people of Israel. It will come right. through the Jewish people. And I think Christians we forget that a lot yeah (laughs) we 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 kind of skip over this election part and we kind of forget that 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 our status and our standing as the people of god are you know that we're 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 brought into the covenants that god made um to israel the the promises that god made to israel to bless the entire earth like that god didn't bypass or didn't like, failed to fulfill those promises to the Jews, but fulfilled them through the people of Israel, yeah. which is kind of like where Jesus comes in.
0: Right. Because then when we talk about uh, election, we, we talk about in the New Testament, I, I, I think about it as kind of a funnel or a, a double-sided funnel, right? So uh-huh. you start with the creation of the world and you come down to this point of Abraham and Sarah, right? And the, yeah. and the people Israel. And then through the rest of the Old Testament and certainly into the New Testament, the funnel opens out again yeah. so that that blessing and that election, that chosenness, um, uh, is, it's not just Israel, then it's, it includes then Gentiles. This is, of course, the great move in the New Testament, right. uh, both in the Gospels and the Epistles, that the promises and the covenant uh, are not anymore just for Israel, but through Israel and through Jesus The Messiah of Israel. uh, Now the Gentiles are included. So now we we are Christians are part of this election. Yeah. And but I want to say very very strongly that uh, this is not. We don't replace Israel. Right. right? That um, in Romans in the in the epistle to the Romans Paul writes in chapters nine through eleven about this. This dilemma, right? He himself is a Jew and he wonders why don't the Jews accept Jesus as Messiah? And and he wrestles with this and he agonizes about it. And he says, you know, would that that I would be con- you know, I, I would be condemned if my people would would be saved, right? But he he finally comes to the conclusion that the gifts and the calling of God are irrevocable. Right? God chose Israel, Israel is still chosen. But uh, and in some mysterious way, uh, that the, the they will also be saved, right? Yeah, uh, Israel, uh, and and that um, and that we have been grafted onto that. He uses the image of an olive tree. We are the we Gentiles are are the wild olive branches grafted into the 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 root of Israel. So we shouldn't boast. We should be humble. Yeah, uh, because we we were uh, granted that uh, that privilege, but but Israel itself is still uh, the chosen people of God and that's important theologically because not not just to be inclusive or something like that it's important theologically because it talks about God's faithfulness yeah right? god does not turn his back on israel god is faithful to that covenant with israel yeah 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 finally redemption right, right? which we
1: we've started talking about as yeah. we've been talking about jesus and and the ways in which jesus then is the the means by which God both fulfills God's promises to Israel as well as to the rest of the world to to open up those
0: promises for all people. Yeah, yeah, and the the movement that I see here uh, that that is just key. Like if. There's a there's a kind of old saying that that you all uh, that a preacher really only has one good sermon and and he or she just says the same sermon in different <laughs> forms every time. If that's true, then my sermon is the sermon of death to resurrection. Hmm. Right? That's the movement that I see in in all of this. Uh, that that um, that God brings life out of death. Hmm. Right. That uh, that death is real and death is painful, but and. God brings life even uh, out of the, the worst of situations. So we see this, obviously, in the story, in the Gospels of Jesus' death on the cross uh, and Jesus' resurrection on the third day. But we see hints of it. We see foretastes of it in the Old Testament as well, in the story of, uh, of Exodus, uh, from slavery to freedom, yeah. right? In the story of the exile, the Babylonian exile, from, from being in exile to coming home again. Mm. This kind of theme of death to resurrection is the way that God acts in the world, uh, the way that God redeems this fallen world. Hmm. And, the, and the Bible
1: as a whole tells that story. Yeah. The Bible as a whole starts at the beginning <laughs> and, and, and then shows us that, you know, death and our brokenness and our sin and our despair and our shame and our sorrow don't have the last word. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode of the Enter the Bible podcast. And you can get high quality courses, commentaries, resources, videos, reflections, and much more at the newly relaunched Enter the Bible website at enterthebible.org. Thanks for joining us.